to welcome back to the program Kelly Eisner from the American Red Cross to get an update on how things are going and what's coming up uh, for 2024. Great to see you, Kelly. Thank you. Always a pleasure to come in. <laughs> we love having you here for sure. And we love uh, obviously promoting the cause of the Red Cross, uh, which is more crucial now than ever, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, I feel like whenever we talk, I'm, I'm talking about blood shortages, but unfortunately that is the situation that we are finding ourselves in again. Um, you know, we saw right before the holidays, there was a decline in the number of donations that were collected. In itself, that is expected. Right. Um, even when we know it's going to happen, it's not always possible to prepare to over collect because um, blood just doesn't work that way yeah yeah it's a perishable item right it is yeah. it is you know you can't you know do all your grocery shopping in september and be yeah. good for the year so how bad was the holidays we saw the week before christmas we saw a decline of about seven thousand and then the week between christmas and new year's about the same it was between seven and eight thousand um which really the problem is that sounds like a small number when you're talking about a nationwide collection, mm. but unfortunately, the number of people who are regularly giving blood is at the lowest level it's been in 20 years. Really? It's, you know, and it's not, to, I don't want to sound ungrateful. The mm. donors who come out regularly are amazing and they are passionate and dedicated. There's just not enough of them right yeah. now. So when you're seven or eight, that, that's donors? That's seven, uh, donors units of blood. Units of blood. Exactly. Okay. So we saw that drop. Um, we also at the same time saw an increased demand from sure. hospitals. So that got us to the first of the year. Um, we went out in full force. We were, you probably got some phone calls, some emails, um, hoping to recover that. And donors always do respond, but then we saw a series of winter storms yes. across the country that, you know, every area that um, the Red Cross collects blood has had blood drive cancellations because of bad weather. So, you know, when you're already trying to just claw your way back up to a supply level that you're comfortable with, it really takes its toll. Yeah, we actually have a, uh, a map uh, graphic to kind of demonstrate that. Yes. Explain See, what we're looking at here. Yeah. And thank you so much for using this because I think that really just goes to show you those areas that are in red are mm -hmm. all areas where the Red Cross collects blood. And all of those are how many, like the darker the red color, the mm -hmm. more blood drives that have been canceled in those areas. Thankfully, Massachusetts has been on the lower end of that. You know, we were, I shouldn't say we were spared because we had some tough weather, but compared to, uh, to other parts of the country. Right. Um, but when you see something like that happening all across the state, all, all across the country, you can't, it's hard to describe. You can't really just, we can't just go extra hard on collections in Massachusetts and be able to supply the whole country. Um, right. we're, we're all just seeing that same impact and that's that's how we've gotten to right, where we are. Right, because the donations that you collect say in Massachusetts stay like in the northeast region for the most part, right? For the most part, yeah. um, we have the capability to send blood wherever it's sure, needed, um, yeah. but we do tend to meet local needs first just because it's easier, you know, if blood is needed in Quincy, it'll yep. go to Quincy um, as opposed to going to North Dakota. But again, the Red Cross being a national supplier, yes. we do have that ability. So if it was, if we were only seeing bad weather in like Oregon, mm. you know, the rest of the country could step it up and send it out there. But unfortunately, we're seeing this pattern across 
across the yeah, country. Yeah, there were intersections in the Midwest, uh, the Southeast uh, were impacted as well. So it's the true. areas that were shown there in gray, you do, do not collect in those states? We either don't collect at all or it's a very small oh, percentage of okay. what hospitals need. Um, areas like Florida, there, the Red Cross is the biggest and the well-known. 40%, right, of the 40%, nation's blood yes, supply. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm flattered. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned a few things over the years talking to you. That's that's huge. It is, yeah. it is. But there are other nonprofits that do collect yeah. blood um, to a lesser extent. So in Florida, you know, their hospital needs can be met by the collectors in Florida, for example. I so see. that's okay. um, the Red Cross tries to go to the areas where it's a little bit harder to collect or just there's more demand. Yeah. So What's happened over the past 20 years, Kelly, that the donations have uh, declined so much? I mean, I'm sure it's a number of factors, right? It's not one single thing. It is. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that we can point to, obviously, COVID-19 changed everything about every aspect of life, um, and it sort of accelerated what we were seeing anyway. Mm. I was just reading that we saw 260,000 um, donors between the ages of 18 and 24 um, in 2021, mm -hmm. which is about I believe it was 40% less than we had hmm. seen prior to the start of the pandemic. So, you know, one of the impacts of COVID is that it's changed the way all of us work, go to school, where we do those things. So, you know, whereas prior to the pandemic, we might be running blood drives every day in mm -hmm. the big office buildings mm -hmm. downtown. Um, we still run those, but there There's aren't nobody as many there, people. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. if we don't hit it that one day that everyone's in person, then... Right. Um, so, you know, and the Red Cross certainly is looking at ways to address that, you know, getting out into communities more, mm -hmm. um, you know, churches, uh, civic organizations. I, al I always like to talk about the Sons of Italy yes. um, because they're such a, a good sponsor. Um, and, you know, trying to move our operations into communities more where people are. But it's, it's a slow process sometimes. And in the meantime, we're seeing this um, just general change. Hmm. So last, you mentioned Sons of Italy, last Monday yes. of the month they're in Quincy, right? Yes, every, um, and generally on that cycle, which yeah. I love that because it helps donors get used to the fact that, oh, okay, it's coming up, it's there. Right. Um, they can make their appointments in advance. Yeah. Um, 1-800-RED-CROSS to call or redcrossblood.org. Sure. So maybe, do you need to maybe be uh, in more in smaller communities, neighborhoods perhaps, you know, Absolutely. where folks are staying home and working from home that might be more inclined to, I don't know, walk down to the general store, if you will, or something like I that? I think that's a great idea. And yeah. we're always looking for businesses that have, you know, the requirements, the space requirements are sometimes big, yes. bigger than people think, yes. but at the same time, we'd be happy to talk that through with yeah. you. So if you know of a community space that um, is interested in hosting a blood drive, please do reach out okay. and give us a call. Right. Um, in this area, we can you can talk to Janice. <laughs> talk to Janice, okay. But I know like community groups like uh, here in Quincy, we have like, I don't know, the Housenet Community Center, perhaps. Yes. Germantown Neighborhood Center. So areas like that can do their own drives, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Even the library is a great oh, okay, source. Sure. We do a lot of libraries around Massachusetts okay. as well. Um, um, the other thing too is even if you know if a civic organization can't physically host a blood mm -hmm. drive, even just you know setting up a, a day like oh we're all gonna send our members to this particular blood okay. drive and making right. appointments, you know those are some things teams, that people can right? help. Teams exactly yeah, make yeah. it a you know it's a great team building activity. Sure. Um, I also you know we've really started to think about how we get our message across and. One of the things, seeing that drop in young donors, they're the future of the Red Cross. Um, as you know, our entire population ages, mm. we always need young people to kind of come in and 
pick up the reins. Um, so I would argue that a sports team, you know, the, mm. the maybe the new high school football coach ah. would be <laughs> interested in doing a, a team building event. You okay. Know, right. How old do you class. have to be actually to don't? don't uh, if it if you have your parents' permission, you can be 16, okay. 17 otherwise. But okay. we really, you know. It's that 18 to 24 range. Yep. That's where we've noticed that habits are built, you know, college yes. students especially. I was going to say college campuses perhaps. Exactly. Okay. Um, any chance for people in that range because you, it kind of, it sets your mind to like, oh, this is something I can do. It's not as big a deal as I thought, right. you know, and just sort of build that lifetime habit. Yeah, interesting. Get your card. Do you still give out cards? We, cards? we have a uh, digital card, oh, digital so we cards. have an app. Of course, which I'm sure my <laughs> age here. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Okay. I'm right there with you. <laughs> um, do, would you go to say like a large employer? So I'm thinking like Gillette or um, State Street here in Quincy. Yes, okay. and we're so grateful. Both of those companies do support oh, do? the Red oh, Cross. Okay. Um, blood donations with volunteer hours, with financial donations. We are very blessed in Massachusetts that we have so many strong cor corporate partners. Not that we're always not looking for more. Sure. Um, yeah. But it's great, you know, and again, like having sort of someone, just having a champion inside some of these places to say, hey, you know what? Let's go give blood together. Yeah. Be my blood buddy today. Yeah. Um, um, I always like to ask you to talk through the actual process of donating blood sure. just for folks who may not have uh, or haven't done it in a while, you know, if there's any changes at all. Absolutely. Sure. So start to finish, it takes about an hour. Okay. You come, you check in. Um, that's where you'll show your digital donor card if you have that. If not, driver's license is fine. Okay. We always need some kind of form of ID. Um, the next step is the health history. So that's where you'll talk about any medications you might be taking, cold flu symptoms, things like that. We do ask that if you you know, if you're getting the sniffles, maybe wait a week of before course. you come yeah. back in. Common sense, right? Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, you know, no one wants to leave the house when they're feeling all not quite right. there. Yeah. <laughs> um, then the actual donation part takes mm -hmm. about 15 minutes when you're on the bed, you know, arm out. Yep. Um, yep. And then from there, the best part is you go into the canteen, you get your Oreos or um, chocolate chip cookies, <laughs> little apple juice, okay. raisins sure. for you know, all the parents out there, you can give your kids raisins. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so about an hour. About um, an hour start to finish. Appointments, yes? We encourage Ideally, appointments, yeah. and it's just, it's as much for you as for us, because yeah. then we know when people are coming, we're not gonna see a surge of suddenly everyone wants to donate exactly at 12 o'clock. Gotcha. Um, it helps us plan. Sure, do you uh, need volunteers at those do donor centers? You do. Okay. Um, we have a position called a blood donor ambassador, which um, it, they're actually, they're amazing people, because these are the people that when you walk and if you're feeling a little nervous mm -hmm. or like worried you're late, they greet you with this big smile. Um, and it's a great way to interact with your community too. I mean, we talk about, yeah. you know, these blood drives in your neighborhoods. Yep. This is a great way to see your neighbors in a different sense. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of like going to the polls to vote, you know, exactly. or you know, stopping by the transfer station on Saturday morning. <laughs> yes. The mall, we call that. Yeah, right, the mall, <laughs> yes. Uh, but it is, it's a, it's a community building experience and you get to it meet is. people you might not otherwise have, have met, right? It's true, and yeah. you, you know, and you find commonalities too. I think, um, you know, these days we're all sort of just struggling for some of that commonality. Yeah. Um, nothing like giving blood to really just bring us all together. How often can you donate, Kelly? Every 56 days. If okay. you're, we're, if we're talking about just a regular whole regular blood donation, whole blood, yeah. that's every 56 days. Okay. There are other types of donations, like if you give platelets, yes. um, and platelets are incredibly needed at all times. Okay. Um, platelets you can give every seven days, um, up to 24 times a year. Wow, okay. 
Um, you were at the State House this week. I was, yeah. yes. What was going um, on up there? We are, so, you know, February is Black History Month, um, and part of what the Red Cross works on in that space is we have a sickle cell initiative. Um, when we're talking about things like a blood shortage, just like everything in life, it doesn't hit everyone equally. Mm. Um, patients who have sickle cell disease, and unfortunately they are overwhelmingly African American um, or of African descent, um, Sometimes a patient can use up to 100 units of blood every single year wow. to prevent these pain crises. So if you're not familiar, sickle cell, like normal blood cells are shaped like this. Kay. Sickled blood cells are kind of like this. They turn into a half moon shape and have really sharp edges. So when every blood cell in your body is doing that, it's like glass going through oh your veins. Gosh. It's incredibly painful. And there's um, risk of lots of long-term damage as well, organ damage, vision impairments, fertility issues, it, the list goes on. Mm. Um, it's an incredibly debilitating condition and it's something that's just not, there hasn't been enough discussion no, about right. sickle yeah. cell in the public space. So that's what we were trying to solve at the State House. Um, we were invited by the Massachusetts Black and Le Latino Legislative Caucus. I see, okay. Um, just to kind of get the word out there yeah. that um, blood donations really can help communities of color yeah, are there is there something that can happen at the state level to encourage that, or was that was there? Was so about? part of what we were doing there was to show our support. We weren't there by ourselves. The Red Cross never works alone. Um, we were there with the Massachusetts Sickle Cell Association, oh. and they've been sponsoring or pushing legislation that would help bring more wraparound services to patients with sickle cell disease as well. It's you know when you're, <laughs> it's hard to describe. I've learned so much about this talking to our sickle cell warriors. Mm. Um, for example, if you, if you go, if you are, if the, there's a sudden change in the weather, if you know it's 40 degrees one day and 20 the next. Never day. happens around here. No, right? <laughs> nope. We are Mediterranean climate yeah, here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that that change, that sudden change, is enough to trigger a pain crisis. And really? then what happens? You wake up in the morning and with no warning, you're just in this incredible pain. Mm. Um, one of the um, warriors that's gotten to be a dear friend um, talks about she's had t she's given birth twice once natural once by a cesarean and she would rather go through both of those again than go through another sickle cell oh, pain crisis. Puts it in perspective. Okay. It really does. Yeah. Um, I've had a C-section and I don't ever want to have one again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's it's incredibly painful. It's chronic, right? There's no it's cure. It's chronic, right? exactly. It's yeah. a genetic condition. Yeah. Um, but what one thing that can help? So blood transfusions are the best treatment for it for that immediate pain crisis. There are medications, yeah. a lot of them are expensive mm. or just not widely available, um, but blood transfusions can help sickle cell patients in crisis. Um, something else that really can help is just education and that's again why we're out there mm. just spreading the word about this condition. Um, right now there's about 4% of our donor base in all is African American. Mm -hmm. We'd like to see that number go up. Mm -hmm. um, it has to, you know, blood doesn't have a race. Race is a social construct, but blood does have genetic markers. Yes. And the more blood transfusions you need over time, the more close that match has to be. So oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, okay. I, I didn't either. I've mm. been ta taught by a lot of really brilliant people yeah. um, to help me understand it so that I can come on and try not to sound dumb. <laughs> no, I'm glad you brought that up because that's that's news to me and probably to a lot of uh, folks too. It has to do with the antigens that come on your blood. So we, I think everybody learned a little bit more about antibodies and antigens during COVID. That's for sure, yeah. Um, so 
the more, again, the more times you need blood, every time you have a blood transfusion, you get extra markers on it, so it just has to be that much closer a match. So mm. someone who is of African genetic descent um, is going to have their best match from someone else who's of African genetic descent. Interesting. Okay. And the same, you know, Mediterranean to Mediterranean mm -hmm. and, you know, northern, northern England to northern England, that kind of thing. Okay, because so. I've, I've learned that... O, o positive is the kind of the generic, right, for, for everybody? Yes. Yeah. Well, type O is the most common, especially okay. in the U.S. Um, with our makeup. Most, um, most people are some form of O. O positive, um, O negative are always in demand. Okay. And actually, right now, um, that's one, those are one of the blood types that are being restricted to hospitals. Um, they're, it doesn't mean they can't get them. It just means that the need has to be there. They can't sort of build that supply because we have to not ration. Ration is too strong of a word, but we have to be very careful that we're managing the supply um, carefully. Yes. Okay. Does the Red Cross, I mean, when it's forecast to be uh, a disaster in a certain part of the country, do you take some preemptive steps to donate, you know, ship blood to that section before it's needed? We do. That's yeah. a great question. Um, a lot of times we are able to preposition blood supplies um, if we see a big storm coming that is going to be very localized. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes these storms, you know, that's with what we would call a notice event, like the thing oh, okay. that you see on the forecast. Yes. Sometimes they take everybody by surprise sure. and we're not able to do that, yeah. um, which is why it's so important that if you're in an unimpacted area, you get out and make those donations. It really can help the yeah, rest of the, absolutely. the country. Absolutely. Then you have the, uh, the unnoticed, like, you know, <laughs> earthquakes and yep. floods perhaps, or a devastating fire perhaps we saw on the West Coast. So those and are other issues you can't predict. Yeah. And it's true. And about the only prediction that's safe to make right now is that those are going to continue to increase. We <laughs> exactly. saw in 2023, we saw um, $28 plus dollar disasters wow. around the country. Um, in Massachusetts, mm -hmm. you know, there, there were four last year. Mm -hmm. um, they're increasing yes. and, you know, our climate crisis is a, a thing that the Red Cross on the front lines of all humanitarian situations sees that every day. Yeah. Only got about a minute left, Kelly. Anything else you'd like to let folks know what's coming up this year? Um, we're always looking for volunteers in addition to blood donors. Okay. Um, I always kind of put that plug out that no matter what your interests are, you can find something with the Red Cross. Um, I mentioned climate crisis. If you are, if that's a passion of yours, come see us. Uh, we're trying to do a lot of proactive, proactive work in that space. Okay. Always looking for blood donors. Redcrossblood.org for blood donations um, or just redcross.org for everything else. Okay, and your app I know is very popular yes, as well. Yes, our blood donor app. I. I swear by it. That's how I make my appointments. It comes, you've got your donor card right there, a yes. little scan, um, and also it gives you a little mini health history. So when you go to your doctor, bring it for okay. your regular checkup. Thanks for coming by. Always good to talk to you. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. <laughs>